Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. You can listen to Budweiser's weekday sports beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the app store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. It is 6.09 on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett. It's been a really Strange last couple of weeks calling Notre Dame hockey the last 13 or 14 years. Normally we're busy this time of the year, but a rare miss for the Irish not making the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2015. But still, the Big Ten doing quite well as they've got two teams in the Frozen Four down in Tampa as the conference tries to win its first national championship. We're behind Minnesota and Michigan. They might meet in the national title game, a rematch of what was a tremendous Big Ten tournament championship game. Well, the Frozen Four is down in Tampa. I would take that right now. That would be a lot of fun with some warm weather. And Jimmy Connolly has covered college hockey for a good amount of time. I don't want to say a long time. That makes him seem old, which he is not. He's a senior writer at United States College Hockey Online, the premier website covering college hockey and he's kind enough to join me from Tampa where the Frozen Four will take place on Thursday. Jimmy, good to be with you. How are you? I'm doing great and you know you can say a long time because I think this is my uh, 25th year with the USCHO and 31st wow. year in college hockey, so I'm old. <laughs> well, you do an amazing job. it's jo- okay to say. <laughs> okay. Well, you guys do an amazing job. I've even enjoyed you've brought sports wagering to your website talking about college hockey because college hockey is something you can now wager on with a lot of games every Friday and Saturday, so I've joined that. enjoyed that with the podcast you do as well. And I want to start with the two Big Ten teams, Jimmy, in the Frozen Four. You know, the Big Ten was a big part of all the shakeups in college hockey almost a decade ago when Penn State went Division One, and the Big Ten Conference was formed and eventually Notre Dame joined. But they've been overshadowed by the NCHC, who has been the dominant conference winning national championship after national championship. How big of a deal do you think it would be if one of the Big Ten teams finally bring home that big trophy to the conference? I think most importantly, this is the moment we've been waiting for, you know, and we've seen it play out this year, dominant in non-conference play, which they have been. I mean, you know, much higher than 750 winning percentage for most of the year. That that goes number one in, in the way that the Big Ten has stood out. And then you go into the national tournament, the opening round, We've never seen an opening round like that before. You know, they out Big Ten teams outscore their opponents thirty six to four, if I'm doing my yeah. math right, a nine to one margin. That's crazy. Um, I so I just I look at it all and kind of put it all together, and then I think it was probably mid January, maybe late January, maybe it was even early February that on our our USDHO Edge podcast, our betting podcast, 
we were all talking about, boy, wouldn't it be great to get a Minnesota-Michigan national title <laughs> game? And here we're in a position to maybe have it. So I, I feel like these teams, they are, I mean, two elite clubs that got there. You know, I think that it's tough that, you know, either Penn State or Ohio State didn't get there because obviously one was going to cannibalize the other in a regional and the other ran into a really good Quinnipiac team. I thought Ohio State was a fantastic team all year and um, obviously dominated in the early goings of the regionals and then, you know, came out great against Quinnipiac and just found found the wrong end of that score. But I thought we easily could have had three teams in the Big Ten, Big Ten and the Frozen Four. Um, it's their year. It really feels like it. Yeah. And if we end up with a Quinnipiac Hockey East, national title game as an eastern guy i'm not going to cry <laughs> but at the same time i'm going to feel like it's not right because we feel like we're in a situation that it should be an all big 10 final because these two teams because this league this year was just elite but as we saw in basketball the national tournament does not always pit the best teams against each other it pits the best teams that are playing well at the end of the season yeah no. and i think that that's where that's what we're going to see here this weekend Jimmy Connolly, senior writer at United States College Hockey Online, is my guest from the Frozen Four in Tampa. You know, I think back 13, 14 years ago, Jimmy, when I started calling Notre Dame hockey, it seemed like the veteran teams had an advantage. I remember when we joined Hockey East, there was a big conversation when we would play Lowell. They would have 23, 24, even a 25-year-old defenseman, I remember one time. And Notre Dame would have 18, 19-year-olds. So there was a big discrepancy in age. The veteran teams seemed to have the advantage. Has that kind of changed now? And you look at Minnesota and Michigan as prime examples. Even look at Boston University with some of the young talent they have. I guess you don't necessarily have to be old to have success maybe like a decade ago. Do you agree? It doesn't hurt. I mean, I think that they, there is still a value to having some of those older, tougher, more mature, physically mature players mm-hmm. on your team. I think that that goes a long way. But you've also seen a lot more players in the last 10 to 15 years go the route of college hockey instead of just taking this quick major junior route, getting to the NHL at age 19. They're, they're spending that year, maybe even two years, maybe even three years in college hockey and because of that, you're seeing a really great rookie class coming out almost every year. Obviously, Michigan had it last year. I think it was, I think, 11 first or second round draft picks. You'll know the numbers better than I will on their roster. This year, they still have a, a darn good team. Minnesota's gotten a few of those young guys this year. Then you have a guy like Lane Hudson at BU. But then I look at Quinnipiac, which has an older team. Then I look at the senior class at BU. They had 11 guys come back this year that didn't have to. Not all of them. I'm sure some of them would have Mm -hmm. chosen to, but not all of them would have chosen to. So there is a balance there. But it's, you know, it used to be that, you know, skill couldn't win out against will. Skill couldn't win out certainly against size. That's changed a little bit. I think in the last few years where the skill level has gotten higher. And I think that you're seeing some of the best, best, best players, whether they're free agents about to be drafted for the first time or whether they're freshmen that, you know, went through a a draft last year and were high draft picks and they're going to play one year in college. We don't know. But when you see those types of players all going, gravitating toward one school, like a Michigan, like Mm -hmm. a Minnesota, that changes a lot. Before we leave the Big Ten, Jimmy, I just want to ask you, is there a weak link 
in the coaching category in the Big Ten with Mike Hastings leaving Minnesota State where he did a tremendous job there and now going to Wisconsin. I, I just feel like this might be the best group of coaches this conference has had in a decade. Your thoughts? No doubt. 100%. And Hasty is one of the, not just the, the best coaches, one of the best men. Good person, understands how to, you know, gather the minds of young players, get them to all get on the same page, and, and really, really play as a team. And I thought that's what he did well in at Minnesota State. Now, he's going to have to change his focus. You can't kind of put the, put the teams together that he did at Minnesota State where he mm-hmm. had some older players. I think that the, the alumni base of Minnesota State is going to want to see – I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Wisconsin is going to want to see some first-round draft picks. <laughs> and because of that, you're going to have to get into how do I deal with the younger players? Am I competing now against Minnesota, Michigan, Notre Dame, Michigan State right now? I think that Adam Nightingale did a fantastic job this year. I mean, you really do have the core of some of the best coaches, seven unbelievable coaches right now in the Big Ten. So I think that you're right. This is the, this is the most elite you're, you've seen it. Adding Mike Hastings to the mix, um, and I don't want to take away anything from Tony Granato because no. he was a great coach and a great man, but you now have one of the most successful college coaches now jumping into this fray. I mean, it, it's unreal. Hmm. Following hockey's from a distance through your guys' writing, it was very strange to see the conference having at one point maybe only one team making the tournament. Now Merrimack got in, Boston University got in, but – some of the teams you expect to be in, Providence and Boston College, are sitting on the sideline for this year's NCAA tournament. Two-part question. Did you expect Boston University to be a Frozen Four team at the start of the year? And the second part is, my goodness, Lane Hudson, their freshman defenseman, is as dynamic <laughs> as anybody in college hockey right now. Boy, we've had some good ones the last few years. You think about McCarr. And also uh, Hughes, the list goes on and on, but this kid might be right there in the mix. Yeah, I think points-wise, he's he's elite. You know, he's something we haven't seen in terms of a defenseman in a very long time. Um, you know, in terms of hockey East, it's been a strange year. I do feel like we had a lead that cannibalized one another. Mm-hmm. You know, there were there was no weak link in hockey East this year. You saw Vermont go in and beat a red-hot main team in the first round of the playoffs, knocked them out. That was the 11th seed, Vermont. Mm. So you, when you look at that, you're kind of starting there. You, you can start to scratch your head a little bit and say, that maybe that's why there's nobody in the top of the pairwise, because the pairwise is really geared toward how you play in your league a little bit and then how you play non-league. And it, hockey did not have the greatest non-conference record this year. Then you put in the fact that everybody felt like they were around 500 or hovering around 500, and nobody was standing out. BU certainly did, and they, that's why they're in the Frozen Four. Did I see this uh, back in October, early October, media day, say no. But then when I talked to people and talked to um, Jay Pandolfo and some of his leadership group and understood the number of players that made a commitment to making sure that they wanted to get to the Frozen Four, that's why they came back. I kind of felt like that was a game changer for BU, and that is the reason I think they're there. They were led by leaders. They were led by some older players, but they have some really good young talent that could carry them. It's, it's an interesting balance because they're not, they're not going to score, you know, nine goals 
tomorrow night. There's no or two nights from now. They're not going to score that. They they will though, maybe pop three or four, and then they will be very difficult to score against. And that's one of those things that when you're thinking about a frozen four, you think more toward the defensive side. Uh, I think you've seen more games that are two one games in recent years than you have five four. Mm. Jimmy Connolly from USCHO.com, I guess. I want to ask one other thing here, and I think you might have touched the, on this in a on Twitter or on a story you wrote. I can't remember which now, but I'll use Notre Dame as an example. And, and Jimmy, I'll be perfectly frank. In the second half of the year, I never really felt like Notre Dame was an NCAA tournament team. Just compared to other teams we've had, I just didn't feel like it was a tournament team. And you look at the Parawise, they're 17th you know, at the end of the regular season and the conference tournaments. And that makes you believe they were on the edge of making the tournament but didn't make it. I'm just yeah. wondering, do you believe in the Parawise? Is there a flaw in it? Because, you know, I'm rooting for the Irish. I want them to do well. But I got to be honest, I just don't feel like they could have been the 17th best team in the country despite playing a rugged schedule, including three teams that made the Frozen Four. It's interesting because I, I, I still do when I, I had to kind of step back after that first weekend, I'm saying did some of the teams that made the tournament deserve to make it. Mm-hmm. And that was the opposite question of what you're asking really. And I was, you know, kind of saying, you know, you know, 11, one, eight, one, eight, nothing. Those were some of the scores you saw the first weekend, nine, two. And I'm saying, how the heck did this happen? So to me, it was the opposite side, you know, did these, teams deserve to make it but then when i really balance everything out i i i looked at it you know from 500 feet and i said you know what i really think that the pairwise still works because as you said did was notre dame even close to the tournament should they have been close probably not but they were very close when all all push came to shove i think that they played in a very tough conference and if they were in hockey east maybe they earn a few more wins than they did this year and they get into the tournament, who knows, but they don't, you know, the non-conference slate is what should define your pairwise. And I think this year the pairwise did its job. It put in the most big 10 teams. It could only four at the end of the day, but boy, did those four teams play well. And I think that that is one of the things when you look at the non-conference winning percentages, they still got the most in tied, but they, they got the most, out of any conference, and they did well. I think that that really shows where the pairwise is. So after the national semifinals, at the end of the day, Jimmy, who's going to play for the championship? Do you think Michigan and Minnesota get through? I've been saying it since January. I hope it doesn't change. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm supposed to hope the otherwise. And I, like I said, I'm an Eastern guy, but I still do hope that I, if it, as a college hockey fan, you want to see – the two best teams, and that truly is Michigan and Minnesota. Yeah. Well, as an Irish follower, to watch two guys that were in their recruiting class playing for teams in the Frozen Four, it's a little frustrating, but, you know, credit to them. I that. <laughs> yeah, credit to them. They're having success with their teams, and they've got a chance to win a national championship. And I encourage people to check out uscho.com for everything involving college hockey. They've got you covered, and podcasts – Everything is available, led by their senior writer, Jimmy Connolly. Jimmy, always a pleasure 
to talk to you. I appreciate your time, and I'll throw this in. I, I said this to Ben Holden during the NCAA men's basketball tournament. How in the world can they have a basketball regional in Albany and the clock and, and the red lights <laughs> all lined up, unlike what we went through with the North Dakota-Notre Dame hockey game last year in Albany? <laughs> we'll, we'll never forget those moments in Albany in, in a 13-minute delay, but it, hey, Everything got figured out at the end. That's all that matters. The puck knew as as Graham Slaggard sco- scored very early into yep. overtime. Hey, Jimmy, enjoy your True. stay in Tampa. Don't get a suntan, and we look forward to talking to you down the road. Always appreciate your time. Darren, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Jimmy Connolly from Tampa, side of the Frozen Four, where Minnesota and Michigan will attempt to win the Big Ten's first title. And you can check out Jimmy at USCHO. Dot com. It is 624. I'm Darren Pritchett. Sportsbeat continues with the My 5 question of the day coming up next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 